0: Welcome to Catalyst Podcast, your new favorite spiritual podcast that really centers decolonizing and understanding our socializations while building authentic, inclusive community. Basically, it's a catalyst within your spiritual journey. So let's dive right in. Hi, y'all. This is just a compilation of little clips from past episodes and past guests, um, so they're going to be like one minute clips here and there just little tidbits of information so i hope you all enjoy and let's get into it and decolonizing for me is like stripping away the illusions of these oppressive systems and rooting back Whereas PC culture is just like putting one thing after the other, after the other, without even really giving a clear and concise reason of why it's just like, oh, this is just what we do. This is what we do now. This is what it is. And it can be really frustrating for people and it can feel really overwhelming because it is. I think that we're in a time and space where it's not that terms are constantly changing is that we're finally listening to the people of that group and we're listening to the terms that they want to use
1: the when I hear people be like oh my god it's just an oh my god here's another thing I gotta say it's like it's the things that like literally no one asked for I know it's like it's all over the news it's like oh suddenly we can't watch this cartoon because these people said so and they're like "Why?" that's all we didn't say that like Probably some random newscaster said that because it's gonna go viral because this is viral content. But no one from the actual community says you can't fucking watch this cartoon or whatever the thing is. It's always like something they're like, who actually told who actually said that?
0: We were talking about like how that's weaponized and competency because yeah. white people, you can do the work.
2: You yeah. can mm-hmm.
0: like we're not asking you to be like, but. When you're able to say, "Oh, I don't really know," like that's a weaponized incompetency, you know, yeah. you mm-hmm. just are looking for ways out of doing the work because yeah. you don't want to do the work. You don't but want to do work. Really yeah. It's pretty simple. It's it's really not that. It's really not that um, complex half the time. Uh, and so I I don't know. I like I have very little patience lately for white fragility and white incompetency, like or weaponized incompetency. What I do love is when a white person can say, I don't know, because that's refreshing humility. Sometimes I feel like there's an expectation, especially when you're in a new relationship, whether that's like romantic friendship, even family, if you're reconnecting with family, to leave your baggage at the door. But we can't necessarily do that because it's part of our life's experience. And there's like two sides to it. There's like, okay, you should be conscious and aware and self-aware of like, Your triggers and the things that you have and that you bring to the table good or bad but also we should be understanding that someone's lived experience is going to affect how they show up in various spaces and so it's really a balance of like I know my own self I know my triggers I know what I'm working on and I can still show up and be respectful and be kind and be open to building this relationship and the other side the flip side of like i understand that everyone comes with their own lived experiences and the way they show up depends on how safe they feel And i'm w- willing to create that space in this relationship it's very like give and take balance with your
1: guidance i shifted into Um, creating a sliding scale system that factored in like a multitude of different things was open exclusively to BIPOC, but factored in like different aspects of your positionality, including like access to wealth, access to all these other things that people just kind of decide for themselves where on the scale um, they should go. And that was so incredible and made such a shift in the launch, in the community that I created, in the program overall. And it ended up being the biggest launch I've ever had for that program. This is my third time running it. Mm -hmm. So my third time running it, absolutely the most successful and the community that I brought in, the clients I brought in, um, it was just a whole new vibe. And so many people reached out specifically to share how much they loved that I created the scale and not just like here's 50% off for no reason I think it really showed people that I I'm invested in a different way
0: I I say all the time of like starting like my business like starting Cottagecore for Rising I a lot of that was about being obedient to like God and the ancestors for me like finally I got to a point where I felt
2: like like I didn't want to take advantage of it anymore like I didn't want to take any of this for granted like and especially with like having the blessing of being able to conceive my daughter like these were things that I wanted her
0: to grow up in and appreciate and not fall away from the way I did and so I feel very, very strongly that the calling that has been placed on my life and stuff now is that I have been blessed to like have all this information and have all this knowledge that wasn't lost like within my family. I just had a mutual on TikTok who said something like really harmful. She's Black. She said something harmful and the way she addressed it quick. The call out like took 12 hours and that was that includes sleeping time. Right. <laughs> she, just it. she apologized. She addressed it. It was over. Lizzo is right. an example too. Lizzo with the song. Yeah, absolutely. Like, maybe you can't avoid getting canceled, but you can avoid the escalating it. And I think that's right. that people need to understand because I think there's so much rhetoric, discussion about how cancel culture is toxic. I agree, but I think it's unavoidable right now right the way that things are set up we're talking so much about like how bad and terrible it is but we're not really talking about like why people why escalate I much rather build a community with people who are in alignment with like my values and who are intentional rather than people who can just like pay me you know like community is so important community is where you find your gratitude it's where you find your comfort and it is where you found your abundance i have people who are part of my community now who like go to bat for me so hard <laughs> that's like it doesn't matter how many people i have in the community it just matters like how connected we are and mother earth got our back and we always
2: yeah. threw her over
0: you were always abusing her it reminds me mm, we really did be doing her wrong black woman oh like earth gives mm. us so much
2: Destroy mm-hmm. And we just keep taking, we just keep
0: taking. And she's t- no literally respect. telling us, like, I can't take anymore. Like, I'm sorry, like I can't, I do, can't, it. I can't do it. Do mm-hmm. it.
2: And we're just mm-hmm. like, oh, whatever. Come on, girl, you good?
0: I relate to Mother Earth so much. I'm like, girl, you <laughs> are me, if I am you.
2: <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I love Moana so much. Like when I figured out, like the villain of the story was really because they were abusing. I was like, yo, how is this everything? Like, I can literally see this story play out so many other ways and apply to so many things.
0: But embracing our own anger allows us to embrace the anger in others. I think it's really important because if you don't allow yourself to be angry about the ways that you are constantly and consistently harmed, then it's hard for you to relate to others and i think it's it it speaks to the building empathy part that you mentioned earlier understanding your anger is a part of building empathy
3: in honor of black history month and and the wonderful words of dr martin luther king jr be angry be proud right like there is nothing wrong with you being proud of who you are as a person as an expression enough to hold the dignity to have a rapport about Mm -hmm. advocacy Oh, this is actually something, as far as even the context of anger as an emotional state, that's really rooted in generational fear traumas. Yeah. I have thought about this, especially from the African-American perspective, in that anger was something that could literally get you killed at one point.
0: And in action, people used to think it was acceptable to be like, okay, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm witnessing, but I'm not doing anything. So I'm not contributing to it.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. there are. That also helps uphold the systems, like literally inaction helps uphold the systems more so than one action itself.
0: Yeah, it's even to me sometimes worse when I see someone do nothing and they know that what's being done is wrong. Yeah. So you're conscious of it, yet you choose not to
2: to support. And it is a choice, right? It is a a choice cuz like yeah. you said you know that it's better you you feel that something's off you know that it's wrong and yet like there's no action happening so you chose not to do anything which literally upholds whatever whatever wrong thing that happens mm-hmm. by not doing anything by not saying anything by not acting against it now you're in support of it
1: and that- That's really interesting because when I was in your healing container, your group coaching program, it was so interesting because everyone there was ready to put in the work because Mm -hmm. we had all recognized like, this is the right time for me. I'm able to, you know, do this with you. And I, I don't feel, I didn't feel rushed. I don't think any of the women that I was working with felt rushed at all. But imagine if they were, how are you going to talk about? your emotions and all of this with like that nagging feeling in the back of your mind of oh I'm I'm like in this um fight or flight mentality right
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and that's what I'm really grateful for that you were able to cultivate a space where it's like you're all safe you're all okay you're all yeah yeah
0: usually white people come in my dms and they tell me how I should show up so they're like, oh, I yeah. love how you're doing this work. You should talk about this. You should talk about it this way. <laughs> and you should do it like this. You need to speak more. You need to speak less. And I'm mm-hmm. like, my choice. If yeah. I speak about it one day and the next day, I just, I don't want to speak about it. That's my choice. Yeah. And that's what it seems like a lot of people don't understand. And like you mentioned earlier, we're not a monolith. So just because I choose to speak about something doesn't mean the next Black person you see on your Instagram page should be speaking about it too, because it's their choice. And all the way that we show up, we choose to show up.
3: Yeah. And we're not all equipped to have this conversation. First of all, like we, I talk about, you know, our internalized oppression in depth in the book, like a lot of us have not yet aligned or awakened to the depth of harm and oppression that we experience because it's fucking painful. Yeah, It is painful. And also a lot of us have very little access to resources and I don't just mean financially although of course financially because white people are well, mm-hmm. um but also just like energetically spiritually emotionally because we are constantly being forced to endure violence and harm
4: and this is I think happening everywhere all the time um and it definitely comes from a place of white saviorism um mm-hmm. and again their way is the right way and there's only one way but they never ask this people they're supposed to be serving. <laughs> yeah, never. I've never been asked. I've told people many times, um, unsolicited, what we needed what, and we didn't get it. It's done by white people without consulting people of color. We know that it's not BIPOC's um, responsibility to do this labor. I, I work for $500 an hour. I'll come by. I'll chat. I mean, exactly i got a fee but yes. you will compensate me for my time and my emotional yeah. labor but i'm happy to tell you what to do but they there's also this inherent expectation not only that we don't know what we need but also that we are passionate about this we like doing it for free we're grateful yeah. to be in these spaces
0: a lot of the the messaging in the coaching business right now in the spiritual business is to just make a ton of money as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And that is what people center as their goal, which is like a really stressful goal, especially yeah. when you're working like with healing. Because I had to work from my way up
1: to having the capacity to do the kind of healing sessions I do now.
0: Yeah, Recently, I found out that trauma lives in your DNA for 14 generations. Which is like... Isn't that wild? Like, yeah. Wild. Yeah, And it can alter your DNA.
5: Like it can literally mm-hmm. alter your DNA. And that's why working on it and healing it can alter like future and past generations. Like I think people get tripped out when we say that, but it's like, that's exactly why. It's like, you're altering your DNA for the future. Like this current baby that's in my womb, all of the work that we're doing right now mm-hmm. is literally, I mean, he's, his DNA is being formed, but like, it's also changing it at that level so that right. the next kids that he births and so on and so on like will have healed this energy like it's it's yeah. really fucking cool
0: <laughs> yeah yes exactly so all the work y'all are doing like just is such that's a part of it right that's like a, a component of it it's like why are we paying white people to teach us about racism oh they're making Ooh. so much
2: money off of it the and whole, more money than their colleagues who are BIPOC doing the same work same work that they probably read and then That'd they added
0: into their book the whole uh yeah. fragility and how robin d'angelo mm-hmm. i heard that now she charges twenty thousand for appearance.
4: parents yep
0: to so tell white people that they're racist
4: mm-hmm
2: And the thing is, is I I would bet money, bet money that the same place that would pay Robin D'Angelo 20 grand, if somebody like anybody who was a person of color doing that work asked for that same amount, they would say it was too much. Too much. We don't have the budget. That's too much.
0: Yeah. Socialize to just accept what's going on. And that's a form of self-abandonment when- that's not even necessarily our fault but yeah, right once you see it it's like you can't stop
3: yeah yeah but I love that phrasing um and thank you for that that's really important like I talk explicitly about this work being grief work and trauma work and healing work for everybody um for everybody mm-hmm. but um obviously centered around and focused on the healing work of black indigenous and people of color and explicitly black and indigenous vents for me. Um, I think particularly around that self abandonment piece and around the understanding of the ways in which we've internalized our own oppression. Um, and the shame and grief and and guilt that that comes with that knowing so
5: my belief is I'm not this this person that's holding this magical wand like oh you're better you're you're healed it's about you doing the work I'm asking the questions and kind of guiding the conversation but ultimately I believe that you're doing the work given permission really to be who you are and The fact that it's safe now just is something that comes through over and over again for us and having to feel that safety within the body. That's what's really important is it doesn't matter how much you think that you're safe or or the work that you do in the mind, the body remembers. The body remembers all of the trauma that you have ever been through in every single lifetime. And if you don't work to get that trauma up and out of the body, it's gonna be stuck there. And Tiffany always loves to say, if you're not aligned on the spiritual, like you're not gonna be aligned on the physical. And we find that to be really true.